And we're live. Welcome to this week's episode of MicroConf on Air. Every week, we live stream for about 30 minutes and we cover topics related to building and growing ambitious SaaS startups that don't require us to work eight hour weeks, raise outside venture capital, or drive us to the brink of burnout. We believe in a long-term mindset and we think in terms of years, not months, such we don't burn ourselves out by working crazy hours, sacrificing our mental health or our relationships. Welcome to uh, MicroConf on Air. It's a, it's a good week this week. A couple weeks ago, we took a week off for MicroConf Remote. If you would like to see a replay of that, we're selling those for $25 for access to five hours, four or five hours of live streaming. So microconfremote.com if you're interested in that. I'm excited about today's show. I'm doing what's called a MicroConf Connect Founder Spotlight. And so MicroConf Connect is our always-on Slack channel. It's the, the online hub of the MicroConf community. We have just under 1,500 bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped founders who are in there building community, talking about things. Today, there were, I don't know, this morning, I, I woke up and there's 12, 15 conversations happening. And I like to chime in on a few of them. And other ones, it's amazing to see the community interact and help one another out. MicroConfConnect.com, if you want to be part of it, that's a, a totally free thing if you're a founder or an aspiring founder. And what we like to do periodically is pull folks out of MicroConf Connect and find out uh, if they have an awesome startup going on that can be inspirational or have some strategies or tactics and learnings that would help others in the community. And so that's what we're doing today. It's called the Founder Spotlight. And today I'm going to be talking to Brendan McAdams. He's a sales and marketing expert focused on healthcare, and he's the co-founder of ExpertScape.com, which the H1 there is find the world's top experts for any medical problem. And I talked to him a little beforehand to get an idea. I like to give folks an idea of scale and stage of the business. So as you're watching this, you can think, oh, someone's doing someone's doing 1,000 a month or they're doing a million a month or whatever it is. It helps you just have an idea of that. And he said they're on the cusp of six figures in annual revenue. They've been running it for several years. But one of the questions I will have for him as we chat is uh, about them holding off on generating revenue for quite some time. And we're going to hear why they did that. So if you have questions for myself or Brendan during this uh, broadcast, please, we have 25 more minutes. I have a complete outline of questions, but certainly would love to hear from you if you're live in the audience. So with that, let me welcome Mr. Brendan McAdams to the show. Thanks for joining me, sir. Thanks, Rob. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk to a listener out there or a, you know, a listener if this is the podcast or a viewer if this is a live stream. Might be wondering, expertscape.com, find the world's top experts for any medical problem. So I went to the site and I clicked on something on the, it's nice you have search, but then you have popular topics. So I clicked on a migraine headache, which I don't get luckily, but I have friends who've had them. And then yep. I can click on a city, Boston. And then yep. I can either, I can either pick an institution or I can pick uh, someone's name. So there's Kurt T. And then it brings me to an individual who you've, you have essentially a ranking or, or a kind of record, like they're in the top X percent in this space. So that's yep. the point of this is that as someone who, if I suffered from this, I could find an expert uh, medical practitioner who could help me if I have a really difficult case or something that I can't get solved locally. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and it's based on uh, peer-reviewed published research. So okay. it, it's objective and, and it's updated on a monthly basis and it covers the globe. 
it it includes people that are not necessarily physicians, clinical clinicians. So it'll have scientists and it'll have people with PhDs and so forth. So it'll so it's not perfect in that sense, but if you've got a clinical condition, you can quickly drill down on experts in that field. Yeah. And figure and then from there you pick the one you like. And so I think that kind of begs the question, if I can click through and find this person and contact them, I'm not signed in, I'm not paying anything, how do you make money? Yeah, that's a good question. We held off for a long time, which we'll talk about that. We can talk about that in more detail. But we held off for a long time trying to make sure we figured out the business model. I'm not sure this is exactly the right way to go about starting a, a business, but we saw the need for solution. Navigating healthcare is really tough. If you get a serious diagnosis, and my partner is a super smart guy and a, a physician, Hopkins trained cardiologist, and he had a hard time navigating the healthcare system to find an expert in a particular area and came up with this solution. So it's so we make it free to the end user because we think it's the right thing to do, number one. Where we've landed on in terms of revenue is academic medical centers need to be able to market and need to be able to make people aware of their centers of excellence. And there are lots and lots of centers of excellence inside all these hospitals throughout the country and throughout the world. And we work with them with academic medical centers to promote that. And that's so that's our primary business model. And then we've now entered into a partnership with a large healthcare media company. And so we're adding to that model the ability to do ad revenue. So we're doing advertising as a second form of revenue, as a second revenue stream. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so if I'm with a big center and I want to promote my expertise and I pay you, does that mean I my doctors increase in your rankings or do I get uh, like an ad? I get like an ad yeah, on the side or yeah, something. Yeah, we, the, the results are non-fungible. You can't do anything. You, as I say from time to time, you can give us a huge envelope of money and it won't change how you, how you rank in the in the system because it's just, it's entirely data driven. Every month it updates based on PubMed. And so where we're able to do is, and this is where the media relationship comes in handy, has been really helpful is, is we're able to drive awareness in conjunction with the work that the academic medical center does and to make people aware that they've got, they've got really world-class physicians and scientists on staff. Very cool. We're talking about revenue. I'm curious, what year did you start working on this? And then when did you land your first paying customer? My, we've both been doing other things in parallel with this. So it was a something we worked on uh, for a number of years, for probably six or seven years, we've been working on this. And then really last year, start January of last year, we decided you know, it's time to start generating revenue. And by then we had driven, we've created a fair amount of customer awareness and we've got some early adopters. And so then we made the decision last year to start really generating revenue and signing up customers. And that went, that's been going very well so far. Got it. And so it sounds like you held off on generating revenue for quite some time. You want to talk me through that decision and why, why you guys waited so long to do so? Partly we wanted to make sure that we had to vet the results, the system analyzes and ranks expertise by 29,000 different topics. Physicians and, and researchers and scientists are incredibly rigorous when it comes to looking at these sorts of rankings. And so we had to make sure we wanted to, A, we want to make sure that, that they made sense to them, that they were defensible. 
And then and in addition to that, we, we want to understand what was going to what was going to motivate someone to pay us something to use this, to use the service. And so it took us a little while to land on what the sales model was and who the customer was and what the kind of the offering was. And, and we figured that out in 20, 2018, 2017, 2018. And then my business partner was, was the chief medical officer for Intel. So he, he was doing that job and quit that job finally. And then we both decided to hunker down and work on this full time. Nice. And so you guys went full time last year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, the, just the, like the October prior, so 20, 2018. Okay. 2018, yeah. yeah. And you had mentioned that you just recently landed a really big customer. And I know their name because you put it in the application, but I wasn't 100% sure if you could say it on the air. Um, they're, they're we have, so we have this media relationship. So that was mm -hmm. the big, that's strategically, that's uh, Haymarket Media. They're a British okay. healthcare, well, they're a, they're a media company in a number of different verticals, but in the US, they're, they have a, a big healthcare media presence and they do publishing to physicians and clinicians. And, and, and so that's a kind of an ideal partner for us. And so that was the big, that was the big deal. And then we've signed several academic medical centers, which really gives us some some clout and and credibility because they're all they they've looked to others to see well who's using it and now that we've got several big ones we're starting to get some real legitimacy because you get the logos and then you can say these folks already are customers yeah, yeah. so talk to me then about landing maybe a, a recent deal because these are considered enterprise deals in our space right these, yeah, this is not right. someone's going to pay us 200 dollars a month it's you know I, i'm going to guess people are paying you five, ten, tens of thousands of dollars a year is yeah, probably what right. you're charging. So, yeah. so that's going to be, and it's big orgs, right? And so you're going to go through yeah. a procurement process and you're going to go through contracts yeah. and they're going to read your terms of service and all this stuff. So maybe, can you talk me through a recent deal? Yeah, maybe how sure. long it took, what some, what some of the hurdles were and yeah. just that to give folks an idea of, of how you're selling. Yeah. And healthcare is probably a little bit different from other uh, industries. They're not on the cutting edge in terms of the marketing necessarily the relative to say software companies or finance maybe. But so there's a little bit of you're dealing with institutions that are focused on care and, and medicine and, and first and, and marketing second. So that's part of the that's part of the challenge. I think for us, one of the things that we were able to figure out over time was our best customer is the is the physician and a, the physicians don't get enough. They do a lot of work. They're really tremendous people. I get to talk with them all the time and it's been just fascinating to learn from them and, and work with them. So it's been great. And so what we found that the best way is to have, if the physicians are in your corner and are motivated, they are, they're your advocate, they're your champion inside the organization. We ultimately sell to the marketing department inside the academic medical center. And so the big challenges are initially were getting some legitimacy, making them understand that it was important to market to about their centers of expertise as opposed to just marketing about the hospital itself. And so that there's some resistance to that because hospitals want to brag about the hospital and not necessarily about the individuals in the hospital. So that's been an issue. But I think the other thing for us is, and we've started to solve this and this relationship with this media company has helped a lot. And that is, is you have to we have to we figured we really have to make it turnkey so they don't have to do anything and as we've been be gotten better at doing that at being able to basically flip a switch we take their their roster their physician roster and we map it up against our database 
we create the tweets and the social media output, and now we're going to be able to post ads and do email campaigns on their behalf. And they basically don't have to do, they do essentially nothing except approve some of the content and the, and the, the artwork and those sorts of things. But otherwise, most of this is just, I think that's one of the big lessons for us is to make it automatic because once the sale gets done, there's still plenty of opportunity to, for things to just not happen. And mm-hmm. we don't want customers that sign up and give us a check and then don't, and then don't benefit. That, that doesn't, respond. it's yeah. not satisfying to us. It's not, it doesn't help us advance our case. And, you know, yeah. We have uh, two good questions coming in from the chat from MicroConf sure. Connect. First is uh, from Pablo Fernandez, and he says, what's your source of medical, including market and industry, medical domain knowledge to build such a product? I've been, that's a great, great question. I've been in healthcare for a long time. I, I, I was part of uh, Healthion, which became WebMD. And so I've spent a lot the last 15 or 20 years in healthcare sales and marketing a lot of it to enterprise companies, enterprise you know, pharma and to hospital systems and to insurance companies. And then my counterpart has is not a salesperson. He is an engineer and physician, Dr. John Sotos, and is incredibly talented in both com- computer science and medicine as well. And so that combination really puts us in a nice position. John really understands medicine. He understands engineering. He built the site. And then I understand marketing and sales. And we have a nice handoff between the two of us. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's a crazy combination of skills, being a, a developer and a, and a PhD, um, yeah, a doctor. Yeah. Is he a practicing physician? No, not yet. Yeah, in a matter of speaking, he was, he's, uh, he was in the uh, Air National Guard for until I think just literally recently. So he was a, a flight surgeon. But he, as a when he was younger, he aspired to be an astronaut. And so his way to become an astronaut was, was to go to med school and then know computer science and figured that was the best avenue to become qualified so he could handle both medicine and computer science and all the things that go in with being a second tier or third tier astronaut. And then it was discovered that he had uh, colorblindness. And you can't be a, evidently you can't be a astronaut if you're colorblind and NASA figured that out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah that, but that's a bummer, but that's a, yeah. a heck of a combination of experience. I really have yeah. very He's few people. T- with that. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. We have a second question also from Pablo. He says, if the rankings on the site are re- are based on research, could you be missing great practitioners that Absolutely. don't do research? Absolutely. So, and in fact, there's a, there's a, we actually have a section in the site. The site is, I'm sure people are going to understand that it's not the easiest site to navigate. We need to do some work on the site, but there's a page in there that talks about limitations and we list all the reasons, all the things, the shortcomings of, not shortcomings in the right term, but the limitations of the site. And yes, there are a number of areas where if you're getting knee replacement, for example, you don't need to go to the site necessarily to find a good surgeon because you want you in the case of knee replacement or hip replacement you want someone who does a lot of them but where it may come in handy is if someone uh has had a knee replacement and is having difficulty and complications and needs to have a knee replacement then you then it may come in handy but yes it's an excellent point and we tell people all the time the only what this gets you is experts who publish and teach and they tend to be at academic medical centers, so they see a lot of tough cases. And truthfully, 
it would be really nice if no one needed the site. But if you do, it's nice to be there because, and one of the things that we'll see, we see a lot is uh, someone learns about the site for the first time, they go to it, they pick a condition because it's something familiar to them, and then they see, oh yeah, I know those people, they're the, they're the, the same people I'm going to see. And so it does self-validate. Yeah. But, but you miss a lot. I'm curious then, like behind the scenes, yeah. how are you finding new customers? And in essence, your cut, the paying customers are large medical media companies and then obviously these big research centers. So are you doing cold outreach right now? Or yeah. how else are you, would you be attracting them? Uh, mostly it's cold outreach. So I email, I pick up the phone and call them. We publish, we do this clever thing where we tweet about experts every day. And then what I will do is I will reach out to, and we tell the experts beforehand, hey, we're going to tweet about you all over the world. And so I get emails back all every day from docs, scientists, oh, thanks, this is great. Here's my Twitter handle, et cetera. It's really cool. And then what I do is I will contact the medical center marketing department and say, hey, we're tweeting about your person or people. By the way, do you know you've got several, you might have hundreds of people that are mm world ranked you want to talk about yeah. and then that gets a lot that's of attention yeah yeah that's a bottom up the bottom up approach of what slack does and yeah. there's several other companies like dropbox who do that where they have just yeah. Yeah. certain departments start using slack and it's then right. uh, but yeah there's then people start they go to the it department basically in, in right. a similar way what, i'm curious one of the things we one of the questions we ask in the founder spotlight questionnaire when you fill out a form is what has been one of your biggest mistakes that you've made as, as you've been building this company and you mentioned something about email addresses about not collecting emails first you want to talk us through that a little bit oh yeah yeah we we've gotten advice on this several times and it's one of the it yeah we have not made a concerted effort and to this day we have made a concerted effort although i think that's going to change and this again this media relationship helps us in that regard yeah we have we're we've we just haven't done it we haven't executed on it we and and the part of the problem is and i would love advice on this i don't when people come to the site they come to visit they have an issue and so what kind of content would we share with them what if we were to collect emails and then we don't want to spam them with stuff that sure. you know so it's not yeah. I, i'm not exactly we're still struggling with with how we might how we could tackle that yeah. So here's how I'd think about it. If we can yeah. go, let's go into a little advice session instead of, a, yeah. we'll, we'll pause the question for a minute. Yeah. So I would think of a couple things. One is how can I build a list over time of, of people who have, who have some trust in the site? So if they, and I wouldn't force people to enter their email in order to get a recommendation, right? You already have the whole flow. There's zero friction. I think that's really valuable, but yeah. at the end of that, or so certainly at the end, when someone picks it, you could make it an optional thing of, hey, want to stay up to date on this topic or want to be notified about changes in these rankings or yes. they've, you do know something about them. Obviously, you have to be careful given that it's medical information. But if I click migraine headaches and then I, I pick an expert that probably me or someone I, I, I like or know and love suffers from migraine, there's a reason I'm here. And so I, I feel like, keeping up to date on that would actually be helpful for me as an end user. And I'm on the yeah. site right now and there's a save this page button, but yeah. I think it's just a bookmark. So that's the kind of thing where save this page should probably yeah. say, Hey, to save this page and get alerts about this page and your email and a password or sign in with 
again, it's medical information. So I don't know that you want them to sign in with Twitter or Facebook, but whatever, you, you give them a login and then they can stay up to date on, on the stuff. So I think that's one thing. Yeah. It is is just having that user base that you can notify. Because let's say you did a complete relaunch of the site. Let's say you did a redesign or you figured out that your algorithm could be improved by integrating another piece of data and you did Expertscape 2.0. It would be yeah. amazing to actually launch that and have an email list of five, 10, 100,000 people to yeah. be like, hey, yeah. you used this once and we're just letting you know that the site is much better now. It's much easier to use and it's much yeah. more interesting. So that's really where part of the value comes from. I think that's the other thing is when you are selling to these marketing departments of these big research centers. Yeah. I'm sure you're saying, hey, we have you have we have 89 of your physicians or, or researchers on this. Yeah, and we get we get um, to the site, we get I'm making up numbers, but we get 100,000 uniques per month, unique visits per month. Yep. And then you could say, and we, we have 30,000 people on our email list. Like yeah. that's all just marketing assets for you, or it's an asset for yeah. you to be able to to sell better. I think the last part, the question I'd ask is you have several things across the top navigation. You have a yeah. blog, you have popular topics, you have products and yeah. services. Are any of those getting new-ish content relatively frequently? Because that may be, that's another thing people could subscribe to. Again, if you're building a brand and the brand is about trusted medical recommendation, yeah. um, oh, I'm not sure why the theme plan. Hey, Xander. Producer Xander just keeping me on my toes. But that would be something I think people should be able to subscribe to and email via email you know that, specifically. Those are, by the way, those are really two really good ideas right there. And probably and probably quite executable for us. Because yeah. yes, there is new content in the, in the blog. We're now doing regular interviews with experts on different topics. And yeah, that is, those are both actionable. Those are things we could do. Yeah. Cool. So you can always experiment great. with them. And again, at, at your scale, I'm guessing you have a pretty nice footprint in Google based on the amount and the quality of the content that you have. Yeah. And therefore, you're probably getting a substantial amount of, of organic traffic. I don't yeah. know. Are you public about the, those numbers? Because I am curious, like what your traffic footprint's like. We get, we yeah, we get about, we've made really very little effort in terms of SEO. And, and this is something that we're now with this new relationship, we're going to, we're doing a lot more with. And we're going to see a lot more uplift in the next, we're already seeing some new uplift in the traffic, but we get about 2,000 visitors a day, about 10,000, 12,000 page views uh, a day. And, uh, and they're on the site for three or four or five minutes. And the drop, yeah. the, and the, the bounce rate is around 50, 55%. So that's for healthcare sites, pretty that's, much. it's pretty respectable. Yeah. 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 So 300, 300 to 450,000 page views a month. That's enough to, you know, start, you could definitely carve off some folks yeah. into a, a deeper engagement, oh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. SEO is, man, that's the play here, right? You have all this content. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. you're talking or working with somebody who is super knowledgeable and, and can really do some work on this. Cause um, yeah. I haven't looked through your H1s and all that or, or any of your site structure, but there are re some real strong do's and don'ts when you're trying to set up a site with this many pages and, and it can millions, dramatically. Millions yeah. Of pages. <laughs> yeah. And that's such a, that's such a bonus, such a benefit when you, when you have this data, because this is something that Google knows sites been around for a very long time. So you have yeah. domain age, you have all this yeah. content, you haven't been gaming the system. So many people go to the gray hat and eventually piss Google off to where they get dropped in the rankings, but is a substantial amount of your traffic from search engines? About less, less than half. Oh, wow. About oh, half. I think that should be, that should be more. 
Yeah, I yeah. would guess two thirds to three quarters is, oh, is really? pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, I'm going off the top of my head, but yeah, given the amount of information you have, I think that, yeah. Anyways, well, we well, very cool. Get, well, we get clobbered on uh, mobile right now. That's one of our-, our uh, Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah so if you do a little yeah. redesign, that'll be tough. I know you have a lot of pages and probably a lot of templates and stuff, but yeah. that'd be, yeah, you're right. Mobile, mobile's a big thing. Yeah. We are approaching time, sir. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to hang oh, out with me today. If folks want yeah. to follow you on Twitter, um, they can see on the screen here, but you're at Brendan McAdams. And yeah. your, let's see, Expertscape is at Expertscape News on Twitter. Yes, that's I right. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah, it's, great. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Thanks for, thanks for hanging out with me for a few minutes. If folks, if you're listening to this and you're interested in, being able to watch microconf remote which happened a couple tuesdays ago now we have a replay of that head to microconfremote.com and you can purchase that video again it's like four plus hours of live stream and it's all broken down by session producer Xander spent a ton of time making it really easy to consume as always thanks to hay and stripe they're our headline partners for the year everything we do just a little easier really appreciate working with them and finally microconfmasterminds.com we're doing round two of our matching if you don't have a mastermind, head there and get synced up with someone. We'll be back next week, next Wednesday, same time, same place.